Good evening, folks. Good to have you in the Lord's house tonight for our evening service. We're, we're decorated up for Welcome to the Wild West for Vacation Bible School starting tomorrow morning. Had a good crew of folks stay and help us get things decorated up through the afternoon. And um, Patty said I should have had pictures of sarsaparilla, which sarsaparilla is root beer, is that what you said? I didn't know they were the same thing. But um, I did not have any pictures of anything. Uh, but I do have bottled water. So if you get arid, right over in that side room, there's bottled water. You're welcome to get yourself a bottle of water. Um, except those who are live streaming the service, you'll have to go into your fridge in your own kitchen for all of those things. Let's go ahead and open up with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, we come before you, Lord, and we thank you for your many, many blessings to us. And just pray that you be with our evening service tonight, be with our church family, both here and those who couldn't be here. And I do pray that you would Help each of us to draw near to you through your word, through worship. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Um, I don't have the schedule for the service. Do you have one? Do you have an extra one? I'm not sure. I thought I did, but I'm going to There we go. Everything got torn apart. Sing, come into his presence and the old rugged cross.
thought, or am I just picking up off the vibes behind me? I, Willie Nelson, is that where that came from? Right? And he's like a longtime cowboy, isn't he? Yeah. Excellent. Let's sing, I heard an old, old story. songs. Yes, Lord, yes, and count your blessings.
blessing you want to share tonight? Maybe there's something the Lord has just really blessed you and you just want to share. Anybody? Nancy. Oh, Nancy, I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> for two weeks in a row, I've gotten a call asking me if I would be willing to make a, uh, a dinner and take it over to someone in the church. And I have done that. The second time that I got the call, it was a very busy day. It was hot. And I guess, I, and I'm thinking, what am I going to make? And I didn't want to go out to the store. And it was just, it was a hassle. And I, I kept saying, what am I going to make? I thought I had a dinner there at 6 o'clock, you know? And so, and it, 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 it was just a busy, busy time getting this meal together. So anyway, I went to the house, and it happened to be Marty. So I went over there, and we had the nicest visit. Amen. Sat there, we held hands, we talked. Her uh, niece was there from New York visiting. Um, we got talking about she had a big Christmas cactus there where we got talking about the plant. And she had, before I left, she had her niece go in another room and bring me out this, this cactus. And I was almost in tears when I came out of there. It was such a blessing for me to go over there and spend some time with her. Amen. And I... You know, I and I thought, geez, the attitude I had all day getting that, you know, it was just rush, 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 trying to get everything done. And it was just a blessing. Amen. Amen. That's great. Anybody else? We just sang about count your blessings, name them one by one. Anybody have a blessing this week? John? Please. It's a, a blessing. I, I hear that Jeremiah is coming to help with, you know, VBS. Uh, Vacation Bible School is really important. That kind of it's an important ministry. I was a bus kid, and it was even though I bought a Sunday school for a whole year riding the church bus. Uh, it was at Vacation Bible School when Pastor Kroll's wife was uh, teaching about Jesus' final week with his disciples. And his death, burial, and resurrection. That was when my sister and I each trusted Christ as our Savior. Amen. And I can remember, you know, that happened the night before my 11th birthday. And I can remember as a teenager seeing other people in the church serve. And then my mother teaching and helping out in nursery and learning to be involved myself in ministry. Not just coming to enjoy all the good stuff, but actually learning to do the work. And that was my teenage years, you know, getting involved. And I've been able to see some of our young people. I, I think of uh, like William Kittredge, you know, it's uh, such a blessing to see him and his family here at church. And so that just really encourages me to see young people getting involved in ministry here because it brings me back to my teenage years. And that's how I get involved in wanting to serve in the local church. Amen. Elizabeth right here has her hand raised. Mike, if you want to come up with it. Mike is working the microphone today. My family is pretty well scattered and I rarely see them. It has been, I'm going to say, probably 30 or maybe even 40 years since I have seen anyone in my immediate family except for my brother who's in California. Emily's nearby, but I have a big family. And this is my family here. It really is. And, you know, can't be any closer than that. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. A church family is a family. It's, you know, we're all unique, we're all different, but you know what? We pray for one another, we love one another, 
We're there for one another. Absolutely. Anybody else? George, right here. He's got a testimony of thanksgiving. It doesn't work. There we go. Speaking of uh, being busy, I'm down in the pumpkin patch because I'm trying to uh, beat the weeds back because we didn't get it all sprayed when we planted. We got it planted on time, but so. Uh, but it's interesting now that they're blossoming. That you look in a blossom, it'll be two or three bees at the same time, just going at what they're doing. So it's it's a fascinating thing to watch because. It takes the bees in order to get the pumpkins. Yes. And a little more rain would help too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but we got and I was concerned whether the bees would be working with it being so hot, but they do their thing in the morning and by afternoon the things close up and they're back at it next morning. That is great. And it's good news to hear because bee populations they're saying are not good. So right. it's good to hear. Yeah. That means Good things for us. Anybody else? Share a blessing. Right back there, Mrs. Boyce. I had asked people to pray for my Aunt Karen. She's in the hospital. She's still there, but she's starting to perk up. And my cousin brought her a roast beef dinner the other day and she took a picture and sent it to some of the family and she was sitting there chowing down on this roast beef dinner and she looked she was happy and she just looked for her condition she looked good so thank you for your prayers and I appreciate it Amen. Amen. Um, kind of a blessing also is this week patience Thompson you know we've been praying and praying for patience so they were able to move her out of intensive care into one step down, a step down unit. So even the slightest little bit of progress is progress. And that is a blessing. That's, that's an incredible, amazing thing that she has survived all that has happened. Please continue to pray for her. Anybody else? Count your blessings, name them, Anne, Anne Endicott. I'll do it without crying. <laughs> I want to thank the Lord for bringing me back to Vermont and to this church family. I'm so thankful. Amen. Amen. And we are glad to have you. Kim, right over here. I don't know that I need a mic, but uh, lots of blessings. Um, a couple just quick ones, of course, have to do with food because I love food. But one, I teach all of my clients to menu and shop and prepare and blah, blah, blah. So this week I got way behind and I came home one night. It was super late and I had nothing ready. And then I get a text from my neighbor, said, I made a huge lasagna. Would you like to come over and get some? I'll feed your family. It was such a blessing just to like have that, just such a sweet blessing. And then last night, my, we had the New Haven, you know, fire department barbecue. They do the chicken barbecue. Yes. So we had, uh, I went down and picked up 10 dinners and we had my dad and stepmom and Connie and Louie and the kids. And it was just a blessing, just so many blessings every day, but those were just two this week that were really special. So, Amen. That's good. Amen. Absolutely. That was our blessing too. And that was your blessing right there. It was to be with, be with them and the, and the grandkids. It's just, to me, that's the highway any week. Absolutely. In the back, and right there on that back row, Mike. Man, this is great. We broke out right into a regular testimony service. I love that. So if um, plans go as we hope, this will be the first year since my kids were in high school, they'll all be together for Thanksgiving this year. Wow, that is a blessing. Anybody else? Patty, right there. So many blessings. Uh, don't even know where to start. But so Chad, um, I don't know if you guys knew, but Chad had this really bad infection in his foot, and he he has spent the last uh, basically three and a half weeks with us while his foot heals. I've been like the nurse and everything, but thankfully that's healed up. But it was really quite nice to see him and have him around every day, um, just because in general he's like traveling around and 
going all, all sorts of places and things like that. So it was just nice to have him at home and, you know, see him and that kind of thing. And then today is Lydia Rose's 12th birthday. Unbelievable. Um, but she is just so faithful to the Lord. Like I, it just encourages me, you know, she, she talks about the Bible and she's like, you know, scripturally sound. And it's just such an amazing thing that her parents are raising her. And I am just so grateful to the Lord, the way he brings, you know, all of this around in our lives. I'm just grateful for that. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Count your blessings, name them one by one. Anyone? Sandra, Joe, and I are counting our blessings because Joy called us this afternoon and her and Joe are bringing over the little twins to be with us for the week of vacation Bible school. So they're going to be with us for BBS. And like Louie said, you know, it's just a highlight for grandparents to have their little grandkids around. Um, so it's a blessing. I count my blessings. That's blessing to me. I've loved watching Rowan grow up. You all remember when she was in swaddling. Yes, absolutely. Oh goodness, and it's so sweet. She'll get in the car and she'll say, I love Jesus. I really love Jesus. And she insists that she's going to come to church every time. The doors are open just about. Amen. That is great. That warms a grandma's heart, doesn't it? Anybody else? All right. The text we're going to go to tonight is Luke chapter 18. <clears throat> I'm going to read to you verses 1 down through 8. But we're going to look at a number of different scriptures tonight. Because what we're really going to focus on is the importunity of prayer. And we're going to find that here in Luke chapter 18. We're also going to find it in... Luke chapter 11, 5 through 13, but we're going to look at the importunity of prayer. Let's ask God's blessing on his word. Father in heaven, I pray that you be with us as we look into these scriptures. Help us to be a faithful people, faithful prayer warriors. Lord, certainly as we look at the blessings in our lives, so many of them are connected to our prayer life. And I just pray that you'd guide and direct in this Bible study. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Luke chapter 18, verses 1 down through 8. It says, And Christ spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, There was in a city a judge, which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? As we look at this text, we find the Lord Jesus Christ teaching his disciples about prayer. And this is not the only text that he does that where he really wants them to understand the function and the operation of prayer. Turn with me, if you would, to Luke chapter 11. And I want you to look with me at a long teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ on prayer. Luke chapter 11. Listen as I read down verse 5 down to 13. And Christ said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend? And shall go unto him at midnight and say unto him, Friend, lend me some three loaves. For a friend of mine is in his journeys, come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. 
And of course, when we read that text, we have to understand the context of the time, don't we? Because these are not houses like your house. These are houses like their houses. Many of them lived in one room houses. So somebody's coming and banging on their door and they're saying, hey, I need some bread. Some unexpected guests have stopped by and I have no bread to give them. Can you give me some bread? And the man yells back. He says, hey, listen, we're asleep in here. My kids are in bed with us because they're all sleeping in one room and I can't do that. But look at what transpires as we go on a little bit farther down in the text. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. So what's that word importunity mean? Anybody tell me, Patty? Persistence. His persistence. His persistently doing it. So this friend is knocking on the door or as the first text I read you, this woman is coming before the judge and both of them have a request. They have a need. They have a desire. Both of them have been put off. So what do they do? They keep at it. That's exactly right. You know, the guy stands at the door. Come on, I need the bread. Your kids will be okay. Remember last time I gave you bait to go fishing? You can give me a couple pieces of bread. I don't know what the, I don't know what he said, but he kept pursuing his friend until his friend said, all right. Now that's not exactly the way most of us want to get a friend to answer our call, is it? But sometimes, and in this case, that's what needed to happen. And the judge, of course, it's a world of difference back then than it compared to today. Today, you're not going to be able to go to the judge over and over and over again. But these, these judges sat at the gate of the city. So she was coming over and over again. And she's saying, I need you to avenge against this person who has done such and such to me. And the text tells us he would put her off. But after a while, what did he say? Can anybody tell us what the judge said? Yeah, he said, I don't fear God or man, but this lady here, I've had enough. And I'm going to go ahead and take care of whatever her situation is. That's what importunity is. And what we find here is Christ teaching us the habit of importunity. It means persistent prayer. So in our lives, he's getting us to understand that's a real part of who we should be. Look back with me again at the other text I read, Luke chapter 11. We'll pick it up a little bit farther down here. Uh, we'll pick it up in verse 9 of chapter 11. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. And this is that importunity. He's teaching that principle. He's saying, ask. Seek, knock, that's that persistence. Verse 10, for everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any one of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? So if Andre called Louis up and said, hey Louis, we've got a bunch of folks coming over the house. You guys have a loaf of bread I can borrow. Louie's not going to say, come on by. I've got some boulders you can take. That's, that's not going to happen. Louie's going to say, Connie, whip up some bread. Andre needs some bread. They're going to come up with some bread, aren't they? Because that's what a father would do if he could. So he says, if a son shall ask bread of any, any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Wow, what contrasts the Bible's using here, isn't it? An egg and instead a scorpion? Listen to verse 13. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, 
How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? He's telling us, he's saying, your heavenly Father loves you every bit as much as you love your kids. And you would do all you could to provide for your kids, whether it be an egg or a fish or a loaf of bread, whatever it is, you would go ahead and respond. And God is teaching us here that importunity of prayer as, and it's that exact word there in verse eight, which simply means the persistence of prayer. Now let's go back to our text in Luke chapter 18. I wanted you to see both of these texts because Christ teaches extensively about this practice of persistent prayer. Come down with me, if you would, and look at um, verses 1 through 5 first in chapter 18. And you notice this widow, she persistently comes, she asks, and this judge finally responds. Verse 7, it says, And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? And here he's talking about the prayer life of his saints. He says, will not God step in? Will not God step in and get involved? Even though it might seem that he bears long. And for you and I, he's really teaching us perspective. Because for the Lord, a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. For you and I, it's just the opposite. A day is like forever. It seems like some days can be hard and drag out. And we come before God and we pray and we say, Lord, I need you to help me with this situation. And it seems so long before we see God intervene. But for God, a day is a thousand years. A thousand years is a day. Time is not the same as with us. And he says, do you think that the Lord is not going to respond to you? He is. Now, it may not be our exact timetable. And it may not be exactly the way we want it. But he does hear. He does know. And he does answer. We come down to verse 8 in uh, Luke chapter 18. He says, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Now, responding speedily in whose time? Who's speedily in whose time? God's time. Yeah, not always our time. Because we want it quick. It's kind of like the McDonald's here in Ferrisburg is shorthanded if anybody's looking for a job. And so you pull up there and sometimes you'll wait longer than it used to take to get the whole meal for them to come up on the intercom so you can order your iced coffee. But you have to be what? Patient. It's not their fault they're shorthanded. It's not going to do any good to go ahead and chew out the intercom and the poor person at the other end. You just have to understand we're under different timelines than we used to be. Amen? Lots of things have changed. Well, with the Lord, we're, he's, not, he's not constrained to your and my time. We have to be willing to wait on his time. And by his standard, he answers speedily. He will be there for you in your life at the time that you need him to be there. Look with me again at verses 6 down through 8 because I want you to see that because God knows us and because he loves us even as a father loves his child, he does respond. It's important for us to practice the importunity of prayer. And for that, I want to bring you back to the book of Psalms in your Old Testament. Psalms is a wonderful book of prayer and worship. It's not just Psalms of David, it's Psalms of others as well. And I want to take you to Psalm 86. Psalm 86, and I'm going to show you verses 3 down through 7. And in this text, we see some marvelous truths about the importunity of prayer. Listen to what he has to teach us in the book of Psalms about prayer. We'll pick it up down here at verse 3. Be merciful unto me, O Lord, 
For I cry unto thee, what? Daily. So how often is that? Every day. You're right, Louie. He's sharp as a tack tonight. So there are those people who want to go back to creation and they want to say a day is not a day. But a day is a day. The Bible's pretty literal about days. And so here he says to us, be merciful unto me, Lord, for I cry unto thee daily. Rejoice the soul of thy servant. For unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. So daily, what is the psalmist doing? He's lifting up his soul to God in prayer. He's pouring his heart out to his God. He's talking to the Lord. Now, when you remember into the New Testament, and the New Testament says to pray without ceasing, he wants us to be connected with him with our heart and our soul. He comes down here into verse 4. He says, Rejoice the soul of thy servant. For unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. When you look at this, he's telling us God's ready. So the importunity of prayer, the persistent prayer we have, it's not that God's asleep and snoozing and busy golfing. God is inclining his ear. He is hearing us. It's just that it's in his time, according to his will. He's God. We're not. But here the psalmist makes it clear. He continues to pray, doesn't he? Listen to verse 6. Give ear, O Lord, unto my prayer, and attend to the voice of my supplications. In the day of my trouble, I will call upon thee, for thou wilt answer me. Among the gods there is none like unto thee, O Lord, neither are there any works like unto thy works. So the psalmist says, I recognize that all these false gods out there, they don't hear. They're just wooden, stone, dead statues. But he says, Lord, every day I lift my heart up to you and I know you hear me. That's, what, that's the key to the importunity of prayer. Whatever it is that's going on in your life, whether it's business decisions, family decisions, whether it's finances or your health, Whatever it is, God does hear your prayers. In fact, I want you to turn over just a little bit more to Psalm 88. And look down with me, and I'm going to read several selected verses out of Psalm 88. Listen to verse 1. O Lord God of my salvation, I have cried day and night before thee. Listen to verse 2. Let my prayer come before thee. Incline thine ear unto my cry. Look down at verse 9. Mine eye mourneth by reason of affliction. Lord, I have called daily upon thee. I have stretched out my hands unto thee. He says, Lord, and sometimes we feel like we're the only one who has affliction. Affliction is as old as time. When Eve and Adam sinned against God, what was the curse that came upon Eve? Does anybody remember? Yeah, she would suffer in childbirth. She would face affliction. And what was, what was the curse that fell on Adam? Does anybody remember? Weeds. Weeds, yeah. He would go ahead and work by the sweat of his brow to provide for himself and his family. You and I, we are not the only people who have faced affliction. Affliction is part of the human race and the sin condition in the world. So we here we hear this psalmist and he cries out to God, mine eye mourneth by reason of affliction. Just as you sometimes face hard, hard things in your life, so hear the psalmist is facing hard things in his life. And he says, Lord, I have called daily upon thee. I have stretched out my hands unto thee. 
That's the importunity of prayer. Lord, I just keep coming before you. Here's my situation. I'm bringing it before you, Lord. Look down with me at verse 13. But unto thee have I cried, O Lord, in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. Going to intercede, going to step into your course, Lord. So he starts out his day. I tell our church regularly, I start out my day in prayer. As soon as, I, as, soon as my mind comes to consciousness, I, I take a moment. I talk to the Lord. Uh, Patience Thompson. I text Dave and Vanjie. I tell them, every morning I have been praying for patience. Because I can't even imagine as a parent, all this time your child in intensive care and you don't know whether they're going to live or die. I pray for them every single morning. And many of you, the Lord brings you to my mind and I pray for you every day. Why? Is it because God doesn't remember yesterday? Of course he remembers yesterday and the day before and the day before. But he wants to hear from me every day. Amen? Don't you like to hear from the folks that you know and love every day? Of course you do. Uh, you know, Sam has grown up now. He's 18 years old. He's got his own business. But you know what? I know his mom loves to hear from Sam every day. You know how I know that? Because she's a mom. That's the truth. I told you that when I, when I was associate pastor down in Virginia, one of the young men in, in my, I had a college and career class, one of them got in big trouble. And I've told you, I don't know whether this is normal or not, but this mom called the Navy and the Navy connected her to this person and this person. And she got a hold of whoever was over this kid and said, my son is not contacting me and I'm worried about him and I'm upset. They went and confronted this kid who was in my group and said to him, you need to go call your mom. Now, I don't know, did they, did they do that in the Navy, Louie? No. Well, you were a good boy. You reached out to mom regularly. But I didn't even realize anybody in the military would do that. You've heard of that before? They do it in the army too. Yeah. We want to hear from the people we love, don't we? I want to hear from my kids and my grandkids. God wants to hear from you too. Part of the importunity of prayer is knowing that God wants to hear from you often. Not just once in a while, not just when you're in a jam. So when you look here, you hear the tone of the psalmist. Turn with me over, if you would, to Psalms 119. And I'm going to take you to verse 58. Psalm 119, verse 58. It says, I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. That importunity of prayer comes with a level of sincerity. You and I need to be sincere. And specificity. What is specificity? Can anybody tell me what's that, what's that word specificity? Anybody want to take a shot at it? Somebody said it. Being specific. You and I, we need to be sincere. We need to be specific and we need to use importunity, which is a biblical word that just simply means persistent. And in Psalms 119 verse 58 there, we find that he says we do it with our whole heart. You don't do it as rote memory. I'm not going to give to you a little card and say to you, okay, George, I've got the pumpkin patch prayer right here. If every day you'll say that pumpkin patch prayer and give me $5, you'll, you'll do great. You'll have amazing pumpkins. I'm not going to do that. It's wrong on so many levels. <laughs> but people do do that, don't they? Don't religious organizations do that? And they take advantage of people. That's not what God is looking for. In fact, he tells us, I don't want your repetitious prayers. Importunity is not repetition. Importunity is a personal relationship. 
coming and talking, talking about what's going on in your life, the sincerity of your heart, whatever joy, mountaintop or valley you're facing, you bring it before the Lord. Look with me. I'm going to take you over to Romans chapter 8. Kind of drive home our point just a little bit in Romans chapter 8, and then I'm going to close. Look with me at Romans chapter 8, verse 31. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? You need to memorize that verse. It's a simple verse. If God be for us, who can be against us? He comes down in verse 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of the Father, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? He wants us to understand we are God's children. We're connected to him. He loves us. He is the one who went ahead and died on the cross for us. He's the one who rose again. He's the one sitting at the right hand of the Father. And what's he doing at the right hand of the Father? Interceding for us. God wants us to understand. Prayer is an important part of our life. Now the really interesting thing about this text is when you come down to the last part of the text, he asks a question. Does anybody remember what the question was at the end of the text? Will there be any faith when Jesus Christ comes? Wow. That should strike us. It was written for the purpose to strike us. To make us think, wow. Here I have a God who knows and loves me, who answers my prayer. Yes, it's in his time, not my time. And yes, it's according to his will, not my will. Because I'm not God. He's God. But he knows me. He loves me. He died on the cross for me. He rose, resurrected. He's, he sits at the right hand of the Father and he intercedes for me. But he ends it by saying, when Christ comes, will there be faith? And you and I, we have to genuinely step back and say, how real is my faith? How sincere is it? Is it sincere enough to make sure that my little Rowan, my little grand boys or little Lucy, is my faith real enough for me to embrace them and share my faith with them? To, to, to help them to come to understand and know? Or is it going to die with me? How real is it? Because our prayer life should be so real that it is our whole heart poured out to God day and night as we reach out to him. So should our walk with Christ be that real. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't face opposition. We do. Look at the woman who came before the judge time and time again. And why was she coming before the judge? Does anybody remember? Somebody did wrong to her. She says, I need you to avenge the person who has done wrong to me. So it's not that life is always easy and good. But God is there with us through the hard times and the good times. And he asks us, will there be faith when I come? I hope by Victory Baptist Church standard, we are doing our dead level best to make sure that if Jesus comes... We are busy about the master's business. Amen? That's, he doesn't tell us there won't be faith. He wants us to think about it. Will there be faith? Amen? Thanks so much for coming out tonight and us having an opportunity to look in the scriptures. We learn the word importunity. Learn that that means to be persistent in our prayer life. Specificity. 
being specific in our prayer life. So tonight as we go, don't leave it here. Take home new vocabulary words with you. Amen? All right, let's have a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you that we can come to your house tonight. And Lord, I thank you that it's air-conditioned, that it's comfortable. We thank you for Vacation Bible School that's coming tomorrow morning and boys and girls, not only boys and girls in our day camp. And Lord, I pray for those boys and girls from homes all over our community. The, the vast majority of them do not come to church. Lord, I pray that their little boys and girls will receive Christ this week as their Savior. Every year, that's our prayer, Lord. We are sincere. It's why we continue to do what we do. We want to see these boys and girls touched with the gospel. I pray that you'd be with our volunteers, that tonight they'll get a good night's rest and be ready to come and minister to these excited kids tomorrow. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us as a church as we work towards camp and all the ins and outs of the state of New York. Lord, I pray that you'd give us wisdom, give us the steps to take to be sure that we are doing the job you've called us to do. And I lift up before you Patience Thompson. All these many days in the hospital, I pray for her. I pray for Marty as she battles with this lung cancer, Lord. I pray that you would comfort her and strengthen her. And Lord, we pray for those in our, fam our church family who are going through hardship, struggle. I just pray that you would be with them. Help them to sense and know your presence. We pray for your, your timing, for your answers to their prayers. In Christ's name we pray, amen.